curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. It's St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2020, and there is precious little to celebrate. Gripped by the COVID-19 novel coronavirus, we've been dealt the cruelest of injustices. A species of ours predisposition to social behavior and person-to-person interaction Although mostly distracted by our electronic devices, let's not be kidding ourselves, but we now must rely on those same machines to sustain our biggest need, which is the desire to nest and interact with those most important to us when things turn dire. This virus creates a roadblock to our innate desires, yet it's our willingness to show discipline and a willingness to do what's necessary to return our lives to normal. I had an interview to release this week with Jason Lukash of Orage Audio discussing the ways his company has developed and executed a trade show strategy to be envious of, but since it's pretty apparent there won't be any uh, trade show event soon for you to employ Jason's sage advice, I thought we'd pause that interview and spend some time talking about the ways to maintain some semblance of balance and productivity in what is, for most people, the most bizarre selling environment many of you will ever encounter. I've done two previous episodes of the show under the guise of the Productivity Podcast moniker. We'll just go ahead and make this the third, the Coronavirus Edition. For many business owners, times like these are the most stressful in that we are living in a world of far too many unknowns for the average person. Knowing that I wanted to take this episode to give you my thoughts on what I've heard so far, what people are talking about, and how we might create ways yet to show values to others. So let's get into it. I had the good fortune to uh, speak with Paul Bellantone, the CEO and president of PPAI, which is the trade association that governs the promotional products industry. And in that discussion, we were postulating on what the size of the sales decrease will be for the industry. 
And while certainly it's far too early to be able to predict, it's safe to assume that revenue declines in the area of 30% or more are certainly possible. So knowing that, it's really important that we're going to have to keep a really close eye on our brothers and sisters, small businesses that are going to be faced with this challenge, especially those who work in the event-driven area of the promotional products world, or for those of you who are meeting planners or event planners, or perhaps you're in marketing and you work with someone who helps you to produce those events. We all know just how devastating the cancellations of events across the United States have been for things like professional sports and the like, but it's the smaller events from, well, not necessarily smaller, consider South by Southwest is a massive, massive promotional products marketing opportunity each year for the people selling into that space, but conferences and leadership organizations are canceling events left and right. Nonprofits are canceling their fundraisers and postponing them. It's pretty ubiquitous everywhere you go, and it's not really surprising to see. It's just a reaction to what is in many instances now legislation that can't be gone against. We have to keep ourselves safe. We have to stay inside. But yet when you look at revenues and revenue distribution as it pertains to what happens to businesses that are affected by this virus, promotional marketing industry is definitely in the crosshairs of those industries that are going to suffer greatly as a result of what's going on. And I don't think our industry really completely understands what the sum total of that will look like until everything is said and done. But from that perspective, understand for those of you who perhaps own small businesses of your own that are in other industries, we're all faced with a lot of the same challenges, which is how are we able to keep our businesses afloat? But most importantly, how are we going to be able to reposition ourselves once the world has gotten back to being slightly more normal to be able to be seen in the new context for our prospects and customers as the choice going forward for whatever it is that they may be buying once the economy decides to find itself back on an even keel. So as we're considering ways to maintain our productivity in light of all of these challenges, I wanted to work through some things that I'm aware of from my time in sales that some of you may be encountering both for yourself personally or perhaps other members of your team who are faced with challenges that perhaps they've not had to deal with in the past. And I wanted to leave my thoughts here so as to give you perhaps some semblance of value as those uh, situations may present themselves for you. So one of the things obviously that is going to be really, really big will be if you have workforce that's used to coming into an office now that will be working from some remote remote location, be it at home or some other area, obviously, that is not within the four walls of your business. Businesses have varying degrees of ability to be able to allow their employees to work remotely. A lot of that has to do with information security. If you don't have a, a way to be able to access your information security from a remote location, that's going to present a number of daunting challenges, and you're going to want to look at things like VPN technology almost immediately in order to be able to create those secure connections that people are going to need if the secure access of information across the public internet is going to be an issue for any of your employees. So please consider that uh, almost immediately. Also, if you're unfamiliar from uh, with working at home, oftentimes that will mean that you've not created an environment that would mimic what your work environment is. And I would say of all of the things that you could possibly do to make yourself 
the most productive employee you possibly can while you're at home. It's to create an environment for yourself within wherever it is you're going to be that will be considered your safe zone, your work area, where no one should bother you while you're sitting there doing whatever it is that you believe is necessary in order to accomplish the task of earning a paycheck for your family. It's the first most important thing that any of us can do to help make sure that everyone is going to be taken care of. So please, if it means putting up a piece of cardboard, if it means stringing a sheet from a hanging rod, if it means getting in your bathtub, whatever it is that you think you need to do in order to create a space where you can focus and work through distractions, that is going to be of paramount importance because obviously you're going to be in an environment where you're just absolutely unaccustomed to these kinds of distractions and heaven help if you've got kids in the house and you're not accustomed to working at home, that's going to represent an even new complexion and and dynamic that you're going to have to try to deal with. So create that environment for yourself. Try to mirror your habits at work as closely as you possibly can. And just try to be as creative as you possibly can and diligent in trying to create that work environment for yourself. I can promise you in the long run that you're going to be happy that you did that, which kind of brings us to the next point. It's not a vacation unless you're being allowed to treat it that way. Don't sit in your pajamas. Don't not take a shower. Wash your hair. Brush your teeth. Put the same kind of clothes on that you would put on when you go to work every day. And if you're going to that very small part of your space that is dedicated to getting the work done, in much the same way as I'm saying marrying marrying or mirroring your work environment, you're going to want to mirror how you feel when you're walking into the office on a daily basis as well when you are at home. So if that's jeans and a hoodie, make it jeans and a hoodie. Don't make it joggers and a t-shirt. Put some socks on if you are going to be someplace that uh, bare feet don't typically warrant in an office environment. So if you don't wear your socks and shoes uh, at the office, great. But if you do, then you should probably be thinking about wearing it when you get up in the morning and go to wherever it is you're going to sit. And then uh, lastly, one of the things I want you guys to be thinking about is I want you to consider something called your personal solitude index. All of us have a certain predisposition to human interaction And depending on your personality type, the idea of being completely isolated and working alone could actually be nirvana to you. But for many people, the idea of not being able to go and have human interaction with other people on a day in and day out basis is going to rob them of a lot of the stimuli that gets them through their normal workday. As a matter of fact, I know a lot of people who, when making decisions about jobs that they might consider will often shy away from roles that include a work-from-home component specifically for the reason that they seek the human-to-human interaction that they may not get otherwise in other parts of their lives. So when you're thinking about that for yourself, please consider your own personal solitude index and keep watch of how you're feeling in comparison to where you are in the number of hours and minutes and days and weeks that you've been kept away from human interaction. And if you're noticing that you're starting to have a negative effect, then you're going to have to want to dial in and consider ways to create opportunities for person-to-person interaction to power you through this emotional time. Because your emotional health can and will be impacted 
if you're not paying attention to the fact that you've had this rampant disruption in the way that you typically go about doing your work and where you typically go about doing it. So when we talk about using tools in order to be able to achieve that objective, FaceTime obviously is a great way to do that. If you're at home, you can utilize the network connection that you have in order to be able to FaceTime via the internet and not really use up any of your data. So you should be able to have relatively uh, expense-free interactions with folks. But then obviously there's other tools like Slack and Google Hangouts and Skype and just a myriad of other options that would offer you the opportunity to create a video-based interaction with other folks even if you can't physically be in their presence. So it's really important to make sure that you're being cognizant of what we will call your personal solitude index. And then one of the other things I wanted to make sure that everyone thinks about is Please do not hog bandwidth like it's toilet paper, okay? Many of us have a lot of devices in our house on a daily basis, and if you're working at your laptop, you do not need to have other devices on and competing for bandwidth unless they're being absolutely 100% used by somebody else within the facility to perform another task. So there's going to be bandwidth issues. If you suffer from that problem when you are home during the holidays, you can most assuredly assume that you're going to have the same problem when everybody starts working from home and the kids are home and everybody is streaming and doing all of the things that all of us like to do when we don't have to go to school or work. So don't hog bandwidth like toilet paper. Turn off your devices that do not need to be working you have content that you like to stream, perhaps it would be a wise move to download that content instead of just streaming it across the network connection. If you have your music streaming services and you've downloaded some of that content so that when you're off of Wi-Fi, why not let your downloaded content be the music in the backbeat of your day so as to not hog that precious bandwidth from everybody else that's trying to ride the same tunnel as you from a data perspective And lastly, and probably the most important piece of it, I'm reminded of the comedian who reminds us of the amazing technology that things like Wi-Fi and broadband and fiber allow us to be able to accomplish. 5G is uh, really a technological breakthrough if you think about it. But if it's not working properly, it's really of nobody's best interest to complain about it. We'll just try to work through it, reset the router just like you would have anybody else do. And if that doesn't work, we may have to shut it down for just a little bit and make sure that we give ourselves a chance to cool down, regroup, and then perhaps get back to the activities at hand. So there you have it. There's some of the productivity things that I think you can do. Oh, and by the way, if you want to call your internet provider and maybe bump up the speed on your bandwidth, there's another opportunity there. Not sure if they're going to be pricing Uh, those exorbitantly at this stage of the game, but if that's something that you might want to consider, you might want to take a look at that sooner than later in case there is some price gouging that might come along. So um, I'd like to present also a three-step process for trying to maintain some semblance of normality in what is clearly a not very normal time. And as I was trying to think about how I would present this concept to everyone, I really wanted to try to break it down and make it as succinct and easy to remember, but also as specific as I possibly could so as to make it actionable and something that people might be able to actually take into their day-to-day activities 
in this crazy and tumultuous time. So what it really boiled down to me was three things. Be present, be helpful, and be kind. Because here's the thing. Most people are still trying to get a handle on the impact that all of this is going to have on their business, on their families, on the employees, on the families of their employees, and then on the communities that each of us live in and work and pray in. So if you think that presenting product ideas in this moment is a winning business strategy, it might get you a few orders, but I'm not sure if those sales might not feel hollow later because people are really not interested in just thinking about what it is that they want to buy at this moment unless something has shown itself to be incredibly vital and crucial and important at this moment in time. And if we agree that in sales, people typically will buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? This is a universal equation. So if you consider the current degree of uncertainty in the world, I think it would be safe to assume that purchases will be made if they're made at all they're most likely going to be made in the way that the purchaser is already most comfortable doing. So if you're not the already the most comfortable choice, the likelihood of someone making you their choice in this moment is far less likely than in ordinary circumstances because when you're thinking about it, it's going to take an individual investment of time for that person to investigate options. And in this moment where decision-making is so vital and there's so many areas of uncertainty, it's almost impossible to try to consider something new in this moment. So I think that uh, those product-based pitches are certainly creative, and I see you all out there doing them. I just wonder if it wouldn't make more sense if we would all take an individual investment of time and try to have direct conversations with people that already trust you, that already know you, that already like you to truly understand the challenges that these people will be facing, knowing that many of those challenges haven't completely made themselves obvious yet. I had the good fortune to have dinner this weekend with a friend of mine who is uh, in the executive management team for a hospitality, hospitality management firm. And in that discussion, it became clear to me that his business is more concerned with perhaps having to close properties and how long they may have to close those properties and what will be the impact to both the business itself, but more importantly, the employees who work for that organization and the communities that count on those people working at those places in order to get revenue into the community and help sustain and uplift the local economy. If that person isn't interested in hearing from the promotional products marketing consultant about the latest brand and merchandise item, Perhaps that doesn't mean it's the end of my opportunity or our opportunity to be of value. But a pivot there, I think, is incredibly important so that you can be seen as the person who's staying close to the people who already are closest to you. And by doing so, you run the best chance of providing value because those people are going to take the time to tell you what it is that they're encountering by virtue of the trust that you've built up with them in the months and the weeks and the days leading up to today. If you've not given yourself the opportunity to build that trust-based relationship with, with the person, the opportunity for you to be able to be seen as someone who can truly help is pretty small. And if people don't trust you to be the helper, you're never really going to find out what's going on right now because those people 
are typically spending their time talking with the people they already trust in an attempt to try to solve the problems that are coming up for them as they're encountering them. So my advice in all of this instance is to be helpful because you really need to figure out what you personally can do, who you can do it for, and for how long you can make that withstand. And if you can think through those three pieces of what it is you can do to be helpful and get started, the likelihood of you being able to find yourself in a position to provide something that you can create out of your own magical creativity that will solve problems. And if you can solve that problem for one person, perhaps you might be able to solve that problem for a second person and a third person. And if we're realizing that there's opportunity to solve problems from our real world experience being at the ground level, working with other business owners to determine what those problems are, it gives us the best opportunity to then learn where to take those solutions that we've created and apply them in other areas that would allow us to be seen as a true value provider to people who are desperately looking for people who can help them. So there's lots of opportunity there. It just is going to require a different kind of investment than what most of us are accustomed to and the willingness of each of us to be able to reach out and have interpersonal one-on-one conversations either through a virtual tool like Zoom or Slack or FaceTime via one-on-one interactions or through some other non-electronic means like the good old-fashioned telephone, we might have the best opportunity to be able to do some real good in the marketplaces that we all serve. I want to leave you with one last closing thought. It's important to really take a lot of really great notes right now and keep a lot of really great records. There's a lot of businesses that have events that will have canceled and they will be seeking opportunities to build relationships with the people that they traditionally would do that with in the events that they've now canceled or postponed. And our ability to document and record who those individuals and businesses and nonprofits are now and schedule ourselves a um, recurring schedule of activity to reach out to those people when the time is appropriate will give us the best opportunity to not just suffer through this period of time, but to give us an understanding of what it is we might do in the months remaining left in 2020 once this virus has run its course and we're able to get back out there and begin the game anew. The objective really hasn't changed. It's just the circumstances of the situation are now far different than they were days or even hours ago. And it's our ability to be able to keep good records and to set strategy for ourselves going forward that will give you and me and all of us the best opportunity possible to get the business going just as quickly as we possibly can once things have seemed to come back to some semblance of normality. So if you're not using a CRM, oh my God, you got to get one now. If you're using one, you should be jamming as much information as you possibly can into that tool and thinking about what tasks you want to set for yourself in the future and then grouping those accounts based on what's happened to them in ways that you can reach out to each of them as a group going forward as opposed to trying to remember what happened to each of those businesses on a case-by-case basis in three or four or five or however many months it'll be before we get ourselves back on track. So I hope you find some semblance and help of any of that. I would love to hear from everybody else in the community with respect to the ways that you are trying to stay as productive as possible and the tools and the trips, t- tricks and tips that you too may have to share with the community 
of other businesses and salespeople to help us weather this storm and come out on the other end of it kinder, kinder, a little more helpful, and a a lot more educated on what to do going forward. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to Jason again in two weeks for the episode on Trade Show Mastery. Talk to you soon.